All right. Welcome back, everyone, to All Over the Place Exercises in E Pluribus Unum. We're Zooming again today. So there's some audio. There'll be some video eventually. And with us today, we've got uh, co-host Jim. How are you doing there, Mr. Culver? I'm excellent, sir. How about you? Excellent. Indeed, myself. It's, it's, it's baseball arama down here for me in Arizona. So all things are good. And that's why I'm a little redder than I normally am. So th this is the, the price one pays for being Czech, Slovak, and British Isles. We look at the sun, we get red. And uh, so, and Marty, unfortunately, not going to be joining us today. But we do have with us one of my oldest friends and actor, performer, lead singer, vocalist, I don't know, I, all those Irish instruments you play when you're in the Sandcarvers, AJ, husband, father, <laughs> and Oscar party host extraordinaire back when Oscar parties were cool to have. Everyone, please welcome to the show, AJ Laird. How, How are, are you, you doing, everybody? Friend? Hello, hello, hello. So, AJ, I, I know right now uh, you are also involved, and I've left out of the uh, the introduction there, but you're involved with the Our Overhead Over Our Head Players Theater Company in in, West, in uh, Wisconsin. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Get going, because and, uh, and we want to promote the show that you guys have going on right now as well. Absolutely, I, I really appreciate the time. Um, yeah, one of the uh, uh, 800 jobs that I feel that I have. Uh, <laughs> these days is uh, I'm really fortunate to be able to work with a wonderful uh, nonprofit. Uh, it's called the Overhead Players. It's at the Sixth Street Theater in Racine, Wisconsin. So southeastern Wisconsin, if you're uh, not aware, because uh, there's lots of theater and lots of arts uh, around in that area. But if you're not aware of uh, who we are, this is our 31st season. I have not been there all 31 years. I, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful little 80C black box storefront uh, theater that uh, has been around for for quite a while. And we we refer to ourselves as uh, more the 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 complementary theater to to the other theater in town, which is more of your traditional. Uh, family fair, nothing wrong with that. Um, it just we try to do things that are a little bit different, a little more adult, a little more unique. Uh, there's a lot of things that we will write ourselves, and so we're sort of the the contrast, the the yin to the yang of the uh, of the other theater in town, which is uh, which is a wonderful place as well. Uh, but I've been uh, I've been employed there for the last three years. I've worked there uh, just as a volunteer for the last six. Uh, so it's been a real pleasure to be part of the management team to to keep the place going, especially through the COVID years. And uh, we were able to keep the lights going and a lot of theaters had to shut down. So we were very fortunate to to use our funds wisely and we had good savings and we were able to keep the doors, uh, doors and the lights on, the heat on. Um, so it, it's been a it's been a great ride the last six years there. And, and uh, we were closing our season uh, right now with a uh, an unbelievable show. Uh, won the Tony a couple of years ago. It's called The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And uh, it's it's one of the more unique things I've ever had a chance to do. It's it's about a 15-year-old autistic boy who is trying to solve the mystery of who murdered his neighbor's dog. And in the process, discovers a lot about himself and growing up and life and things that he can do on his own that he uh, never would have otherwise thought were possible. And it's it's... It's it's a really unique show. It's it's done all in the round. There's lots of fun sound effects and lighting effects and a cast of 10 that are all within this boy's head uh, getting through this adventure. And it's uh, it's been a process. It's been really, really cool. A little exhausting, uh, but it's really cool. And the young man that actually is is leading it up is autistic. And so we we planned to do this show about two years ago with the caveat that we got to start recruiting now. Because we're going to need someone who is either around 15 or who can play 15. And so we were combing the high schools and the colleges and and the young man. We had quite a few that showed up, but the young man that was selected, uh, his name is Dominic Knox. He's amazing. And he is high functioning autistic himself. So he really knows the role. He really knows uh, the mannerisms and the and the the facial tics and the, and, you know, not being able to look at people and doesn't like to be touched and all the things that, that his character, Christopher uh, ghost, or he understands, even if he doesn't suffer from that himself. And one of the nice things about uh, his process is he was off book like that. And he is on, it's like a 75 page script. He is on every page. 
he never leaves the stage the whole two hour show and he was off book immediately so it it was it was a remarkable thing to watch and i was really pleased to be able to be a part of it so are you a producer with this stuff i mean and how much with the theater troupe uh, or theater company do you get involved with with directing or you know uh, the writing producing just and, and specifically what's your role with this one Sure. So with this one, um, I'm just acting in it. So my my role with the with the company as a whole is, like I said, I'm part of the management team. So we help take care of the place. We do the promotions. We take care of props and costumes. We take care of uh, wrangling our volunteers and making sure our lobby is stocked and uh, pick shows and read a lot of plays and and just kind of keep the place running. So there's about three or four of us uh, that really are there all year long. And then one of the best parts is, and we also get to volunteer and be in the shows. Uh, so this year, <laughs> this is the busiest year I've had there, uh, not only with my regular job there, then I've also been in four of the five shows that we've done this year. So I basically haven't been home since about the end of August. And uh, and believe me, my, my wife has reminded me of that <laughs> a lot. And she's been so wonderful and so supportive excuse me and and she really wanted me to do this last one because it was such a special show um so she totally understood everything we did this year was really unique um we did the very first uh original sketch comedy puppet musical uh that that uh, we <laughs> wrote ourselves way, folks, the pictures yeah. on that one were phenomenal and i i will have to make a point when we're sharing this putting it up on uh, on our uh, website uh, that it is pictures it, of it, AJ it, in that one it was craziness so we we did moby dick so it was the story of moby dick but as a sketch comedy musical starring all puppets, if you can imagine. So yeah, it was that was crazy. Uh, then we did one called 2.0, which was really unique because the lead character never steps foot on stage. He is on a screen the entire time because it's a, it's the story of AI. So this guy is like a Steve Jobs-ish kind of computer genius guy and unfortunately dies very early in a plane crash. But before he died, he spent the last couple of years before his death creating this AI version of himself that slowly kind of wants to take things over and bring people into his world. And it, it was that was really out there. But it was it was awesome. We had uh, the lead guy was just in the basement with a camera on him and he was just on on the screen the whole time. And we all just interacted with him. So but we could hear each other and see each other. But as far as anyone was concerned, he was just in the ether doing doing his thing so we we do a lot of unique things we find a lot of unique stuff and and if we can't find it we'll write it <laughs> do it ourselves hmm, so, sounds a little bit like an outlaw outlaw theater production hmm, huh. yeah. imagine that by the way it's still around i found out about i know that. a quick aside and someone looked at me like you're a founding member said uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, um, I did the same thing i got to be a mentor last year to uh uh, to a theater student and they, they had asked, hey, if any of the you know theater alums want to be a mentor to you know any of the current students, I said, yeah, that'd be great. So I got to talk to this young lady who was in the, the musical theater department that they that they have now. And I was asking about, you know, hey, what's still there and who's still there? And and uh, and they said, yeah, we have the outlaws. I'm just like, oh, oh, I know. I was there from day <laughs> one. So we're, we're good. She's like, you were? I'm like, yeah, very first year. She's like, oh, my God. So it was uh, that, that was a fun thing for them to know. A quick uh, inside baseball thing here for folks who are not aware of what I, I AJ are getting a little goofy about right now. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, but there's uh, other uh, people uh, listening, so sorry. Back in our Penn State years, uh, <laughs> oh, and there's, there's that university again. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, we are everywhere. So um, it's the Outlaw Theater uh, Company came about for people because Penn State's main stage productions primarily went to. Brad actors, unless you were AJ, who was awesome and buried child, but well, you know, this guy can cast. Eh. So uh, don't end me, uh, mm. <laughs> you bested. Yeah. Um, so, um, but the outlaw theater, and it, was, it gave us an opportunity to write our own plays. Yep. And it, it's very flattering to know that it's still around and, and it's still thriving and giving people opportunities. And I'm, I'm looking at you and, and listening, and I just hear such you know, excitement and glee in, in your voice. And, and I, when I met AJ, he was, it was through a, acting was our, uh, the main thing I knew him for, but then lead singer in a band at Penn State and then beyond that. He's done a lot of, uh, he's been a few bands through the years that have done well. And, but I know theater, and just listening to you now and just, and, and watching, 
you're back doing theater. So, I mean, what, what's that like? Just coming a, a little full circle almost. As it, you know, it, it really more, is. You're getting involved with helping people bring things yeah. to the it, it is. And it's so funny because I, I've, looking back, I've, I've done things in chunks a lot in my life. I did predominantly theater and a little bit of film stuff, but mostly theater stuff for like the first 20 something years of my life. And then just kind of got burnt out on that a little bit and without really realizing it and always, always did music as a side thing to be fun. And then all of a sudden I got into two bands back to back that lasted almost 20 years as well. And that's all I did there because we toured around with them and, and wrote and, and produced, you know, several albums and just, and had a blast doing that. And then when that all fell apart, I didn't do anything for a couple of years. I was just a, you know, stay at home dad, which is exactly where I needed to be at that time. And, and all of a sudden uh, I, I kind of got the bug again and there was a little bit of nefarious action going on because uh, my wife was friends with some people that worked at the theater that I now work at. I didn't even know it was there. And they sort of like, hey, let's go see this show. Our friends are in. And I went, oh, okay. And I walked in the door and I went, this place is cool. And the very next season, they were doing something that I really thought, wow, I'd really like to do that. And it had been 20 years since I had been in a show. Over. Wow. Yeah. It had been over 20 years. So, I mean, I had been on stage all the time, just not in that particular role. Right. So it wasn't like, oh man, I haven't been performing. It was just like, I didn't do that. So I just had to kind of bust the rust off. And then once I got there, I said, oh, that's great. And I've done, I don't even know how many shows there the last six years and then kind of pivoted into a lot of film work lately too, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been, you know, I did theater for a long time and then music for a long time. And now I'm back to, to predominantly acting. Um, so it's, it's it's been really interesting looking back you didn't even realize that that's what you were doing but that's exactly what happened and it also just hit me uh, for those uh fans of the old radio free Fredonia, that uh this guy was the uh the voice of the ghost of joe paterno so oh jeez uh, the, the, right. the, the curtain's down so. <laughs> oh i'd forgotten all about that that's funny Oh, don't, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm reminded quite a bit by our producer. I'm the king of the callback. So I, I, I always got to, I remember everything. Yes, sir. <laughs> At least I like to think I do. But so I, uh, now, Jim, uh, I know you had uh, seen something with, with AJ with, with, the, uh, with the acting and everything. And, so, and, he, and he brought up some film work. I, I, you you uh, had something that, uh, that you were discussing with me that uh, you wanted to throw AJ's way. Uh, well, I was just kind of curious to know because I, I, you know, I looked up some of your uh, your film work on IMDb, and uh, for, like first first question I have to ask, you you were in a, you were in a movie, and I have I have to look at the title to get it right, Toxic Alien Zombie Babes from Outer Space. Yes, sir. <laughs> Which I'm I'm assuming is uh, a bit of a tongue in cheek title, but uh, it it I, is it is. Okay. So so. <laughs> So well, time here, like that stir me in the face. Yes. I just have to ask. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there, there's been a couple of those. Um, so here's here's what happened. So here comes March of 2020. COVID hits. The world shuts down, including our little theater in our little southeastern Wisconsin. And we got we got nothing. There's just, there's just nothing to do. And you start getting antsy. And I thought, man, I really hope that we can keep the place open. And we were just, we were having fundraisers and we were doing online plays and things, but it just, it just wasn't the same. And I thought, well, there's gotta be, there's, you know, what else is out there? What's going on? And I started looking around and I thought, oh my gosh, look at all this film work that's still going on. And I thought, how is that possible? And I went, well, duh, of course, because it's film. You can bring like one person in at a time and you can shoot all their stuff and edit it together and no one's the wiser. Or people started doing these, you know, uh, hey, film yourself in this scene and send it to me and then we'll put it all together in, a, in those kinds of things. So I, I had done a little bit of film stuff a hundred years ago and not a whole lot. So I thought, wow, you know what? Here's an opportunity. If I can't be on stage doing live stuff, Maybe it's time to start getting back into film stuff. And I, I started traveling and doing, you know, little bit parts here and there just to get footage back for a new reel and to have some updated resume stuff. And now I'm to the point where since like 2019, I've had almost like 70 different 
films or TV shows or shorts or stuff that I've been able to do on top of uh, being able to, to help run the theater. And the stuff that's on IMDb is great. I mean, I think that's, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's nice to have a, a record of things, I guess, but, but just as many people don't use it as do. So there's so many more credits that I have that aren't there. And people think that, oh, this is like the, the biggest thing in the world. And I'm going, well, take it with a grain of salt because there's there's just as many people that aren't going to put their work on there than do. So I'm, I'm thankful to have something because it is sort of an industry standard kind of thing that you can say, hey, I got some stuff out there. And it's just for other producers and directors to be able to say, oh, okay, this guy has experience. But it's not the be all end all. So if anyone's thinking, oh man, I'm 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 dying because I don't have a credit on IMDb, it, it's not the end of the world. Your resume is important, your reel is important. Um, but the fact that that's on there, the one you were talking, I didn't forget you, Jim. The one that you were talking about, <laughs> this guy in Australia uh was where that came from. So this was one of those things where the guy was putting together stuff, it was all a do-it-yourself um. The guy's name was David Black. I had to, I had to think real quick. So he, he was the guy in Australia that put this together and just put a casting call out to say, hey, I need people that can do this kind of scene or that kind of scene or whatever. And just, you know, film it with your phone and email it to me. So one of the things that they had, which was my credit, which if you look on IMDb says man watching TV. There's a lot of those. I do a lot of background work. So it's it's <laughs> it's fun. You're on a set and you don't have to know your lines. It's awesome. You just stand there and go, oh, look at that. Um, so with, with, uh, with toxic alien zombie babes from outer space, uh, it, it was exactly that it was this, uh, alien breed of, of female aliens that, you know, they, they come down and they're trying to, to get rid of all the men on earth. And, and so my, my part in that was basically, uh, my, and my son who was in film school shot this. So he got a little credit there too, uh, of me just, I have this, uh, couch that that reclines but it's on a remote so and it's in the trailer which is really funny the very end of the trailer you just see me i'm in like a prone position and this is all going on on tv and we're watching this as it happens and i hit the button and i just slowly creep up and i'm just you know i have a drink and i'm like oh my god what's going on and that's the whole part it took about 30 seconds to film but it's a credit so it's out there it's so funny that that some of that stuff works that way and then other things you could work on for months and it's not listed there. So you got to take those kind of things, like I said, with a little bit of a great assault. Yeah. I have a couple of friends that are, you know, kind of up and coming working actors and, and they, you know, they, of course they make sure everything gets on IMDb, but I don't know if it's yeah. necessarily a boon to, to, you know, as much of a boon to your, to your career as, as maybe, maybe they, they think it is, you know, I think it can, it can help, yeah. but. It, it sure can. I, I'm thankful for it. I'm glad there's something that, 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 you know, a lot of industry people do look at, like I said, just to say that, yeah, this guy's legit because anyone could put something down on a resume and you don't know. Um, and there's lots of stuff that I've done that I'm still waiting for the the material back so I can put it in a reel. And, and that's the deal. It's like, Hey, you don't have to pay me. I will. I, this was the investment I made in myself during that time to say, all right, I will travel wherever it takes to, to go get this done so I can get the credit and I can get the footage. And a lot of places I haven't gotten either. It's like they got their stuff done. They're like, hey, thanks, everyone. And then you never hear from them again, which kind of sucks. But that's, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. Um, but but the stuff I have gotten back has been been good, you know, to be able to put out there to say, OK, hey, I don't look the same when I did 25 years ago. So I'm not going to put that in a reel because you need to see what I look like right now. Um, yeah. So that's that's the whole point is just getting your getting your footage and getting your credits to put out there to get other roles. Yeah. You mean you're you're not going to put your uh a clip reel from from roommates on there? If I tell you what, if I had it, I, you know what I want to do? <laughs> I want to uh I do have it, but it's just I gotta be able to get it digitally. I want to put a uh a, a background or an extras reel because oh, I've been doing a lot of that too. Because they could they have to be able to see, hey, this guy can work background. That's what I mean. You talk about <laughs> People think, oh boy, you know, show business acting is such a you know glamorous profession, and and it's just so easy, and you're pampered and everything else. Like, yeah, that's like a tenth of a percent of people that that go do this. If you know, and and good for them. But you take like a weekend, like I had this past weekend. So we've been in tech rehearsals since the weekend before, every day, getting ready for this show. I opened the show, uh, Curious Incident in Racine, um, on Friday night. 
Saturday morning, I get up and I drive to Milwaukee and I have uh, a scene to shoot for a friend of mine is doing this little indie film uh, called Happy Birthday. At least that's the working title for right now. And I am the vice president of the United States and I am staging a coup to eliminate the current president so I can be the president. And all that happens at this big press conference that we shot on Saturday. I leave there because I said, I have a hard out. I got to be out of here at three o'clock. I have to drive back to about an hour south to where the theater is. And I had two shows. I had a matinee and I had a <laughs> uh, an evening performance. Sunday, I had a matinee. Uh, and then I came home and collapsed. Today, I got up super early. I had to drive to Chicago to get a COVID test for a background job I have tomorrow and then went back to my day job and then came home and got ready to do this with you. And then tomorrow I go back to Chicago and I shoot background for this other thing. My, uh, I have a little NDA, so I, you know, um, I can't really say. Let's just say it is a fruit-based streaming system. Um, so there is a, a show that's currently being shot in the Midwest, um, that I get to go be uh background and there's some like, uh, Oscar caliber people in that. So, and then let's see, how can I say this and not get in trouble? The lead, the leads uh, name rhymes with Flanner for Flannelly. So if you come to that. Oh my. Oh, so, so never mind. Yes. Never mind. I don't I don't want you to get in trouble. No. And nor, no, no. nor do I want me to get in trouble. Yes, sir. So, no, so no. but that that's the kind of thing. And there there could be weeks or months where there's nothing going on. And then you have a, a period of time like this where there's like something every day. So there's no complaints. I don't say that to be like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so tired. I love it. But it's just, you know, you, you have to put in the work if you're going to do it and you really want to get somewhere with things. You have to be willing to travel and you have to be willing to take a hit financially sometimes. And you have to be able to just put yourself out there and 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 not get a lot of sleep sometimes and, and do what you got to do. But it's it's very rewarding because then at the end of the day, I can say, look at this body of work. If someone needs to see it and have proof that I have experience, I got a whole laundry list of stuff for you. And here I can prove that. You know, I can be trusted on a stage or on a set and let's get to work. And I know it's been paying off and I know, well, you, you did one uh, project with, uh, with Robin Gibbons, correct? Two actually. Well, no, no, but the, the, the first one went so well that you were invited back. So again, yep. once you get to know AJ as actor slash performer slash singer, whatever, you're going to want You're going to want more. well that's that's just it it's it's a big community but it's not that big a community sure and and people people will know you i get a lot of stuff from referrals i get phone calls and emails saying hey you don't know me but you know i'm working with such and so and they recommended you for this and would you be interested in reading for that or whatever and i go absolutely but you never know where that's coming from so and and you you learn to to just be cool i mean that's all you can be don't be a diva i learned a long time ago you show up on time, you're prepared and you know what you have to do and don't be a pain in the ass and you will get work all the time. Yep. And and it, it's just, it seems to be common sense, but you'd be amazed how many people just don't follow those three rules and then they don't get work because people know it's like, oh, that guy or that girl, you know, you might not want to do that, but it's, it's so easy just to be cool and but you notice that there, there are people that I've worked with three, four, five times, and they're just like, hey, we're back together. This is great. Funny thing is, too, there's some people that I've done like five or six <laughs> films with. We've never met. We've never been in a scene together. But we'll see. So the premiere is like, hey, there's that guy. You know, it's like we've done like five things together. So it, it that's funny, too. And what's the I, further, I, uh, oh, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I, I remember I read an interview with uh, Dean Kane. And he talked, he basically said something similar to what you said was, you know, he, he just c- can continue to get work. He works, you know, 10, 10, 12 movies a year, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mo- you know, mostly B movies, but I mean, he gets consistent work and that's essentially how he does it is his work ethic. He just, you know, he shows up, he knows, he knows what he's doing. He works hard and he's dependable and, you know, they, people, you know, so he can always get called back for another job Yep. and people know they can count on him. And, and like you say, in Hollywood, that can be, that can be a rare thing because you know, the, you know, the work ethic can be interesting there. Yep. So, and, and you can't be, you can't be above anything. 
You know, there is nothing beneath you. I have my friends like, why do you go do background stuff? You can't be seen half the time. You're not there. It's like, yeah, but it's experience on a set. And you don't know who you're going to run into. And you don't know who you can be like, you know, I've gone down and be like, hey, I'm just supposed to be standing here. But it's like, oh, hey, you come over and you say this now, or we'll give you a couple lines or we'll give you a, you know, real close up thing just because you're, you're there and you're being, you know, out of the way and you're, you're paying attention and following directions. And sometimes those things just happen. And then you get paid, you know, the, the show that we're doing right now, I have a lot of lines. It took me a long time to learn, you know, and we only have a couple of weeks to do it. I can go do a background job and make two, $300 and I have to stand by my car. Okay. You know, what's wrong with that? But I have people that I, that I've worked with. They're just like, Oh no, I, I don't do that anymore. I, I used to do that when I got started, but I don't, I I'm just, I, I, I you know, mm -mm. unless I have lines, I don't bother. And I'm going like, well, good luck to you. I'm working tomorrow. I don't know about you. And, and that's the beautiful thing that not a lot of people understand with, with the industry is, Staying working is difficult. Can mm -hmm. you like you mean, you, you've got your above the line people and they're 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 stars or they're they're you know they're, it's vehicles for them, but people who continue to work is very very that I mean to me that's just as rare yep. as people who who are superstars. Yep. And and, free, and and having no ego, setting that aside, I think is the biggest thing. And I, I once I'm so glad to see you just working so much because I know what a great actor you are and just doing any little thing I know just makes you so happy. As long as I'm doing something creative, I'm I'm cool. So whether we're, you know, I, I don't care if I'm I'm working lights in the booth at the theater, or I'm I'm doing a you know a, a Chicago PD episode, or I'm doing, uh, you know, something that's seen or something that's not so seen. You know, it just as long as you're doing something fun and creative, I'm cool. I you know it, it's it's such a privilege to be able to do what you enjoy. And, and sure. make a couple bucks and and just kind of get those creative juices out of you, you know, no matter what it is, whether you sculpt or you, you know, you write or you act or you paint or you sing or whatever your outlet is. If you have that and you can consistently do it and be asked to do it, that's a huge success. So by, you know, by my book anyway. So I, I think I've been very, very fortunate to be able to, you know, to maintain making a living and and uh, and keeping some some money on the side with things that uh, that I really truly love to do. Right. And also, with, with you mentioned, you know, being in southeastern Wisconsin and not exactly known like like you mentioned for being this this hotbed of film, but there are a lot of projects going on now because it, it, we're able to film things now, or we're able to shoot things, unlike in past years where you just had to have a studio in there and just all these independent projects and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you're self-represented, right? You're still doing that? You don't have an agent? Or... Yeah, not yet. Not yet. So, I, I mean, think, so, I think so it's what, inevitable. What is that like for you? I mean, just uh, just being an independent actor in a world where more and more projects are, are coming out where you don't need representation. It, it, it's a lot a lot going on. Uh, there's non union yeah, acting. There is a ton going on. And I'm like, I'm I'm SAG eligible. I, I could get my SAG card at any time. Um you know, at some point it may be, you know, inevitable if I have to, you know, do some bigger things are going to require it. But then that kind of nixes a lot of the independent stuff that I'm continuing to do because there's production companies popping up all over the place. And where I'm at, it's, it's such an advantageous position because I'm 45 minutes from Milwaukee. I'm an hour from Chicago. I'm a couple hours from Indianapolis, from Minneapolis, from anywhere in Ohio. I've worked in I can't tell you how many states the last three years that, you know, it's just like a, at the most, like a five, six hour drive and I can go and I can spend a day or two and do my stuff and go home and I get, and I'm done, you know, versus a play you, you're committed for a couple of months. And, and it's just so funny being able to go back and forth because it's also different acting muscles too, you know, to, to do something in film is completely different than on stage. So it's nice to get both of those little workouts but doing a film real quick and I can just, I can drive to Indianapolis. I can drive to Lexington, Kentucky. I can go to Cleveland. I can go to wherever within a couple hours drive and do my thing and go home. So it, it's, it's really a great place to be. If it's any further than like six or six to eight hours, I'll fly. But other than that, I'll drive. I get a real comfy vehicle, nice leather seats, <laughs> recline back. I can take a nap if I have to, but, but yeah, I, I haven't really had the the need to, have any kind of representation because in the age of the internet 
most of the stuff that I've been able to find is the stuff that the agencies would be able to find, and then I don't have to pay them. But again, there are advantages to being able to do that, to have someone to watch your back. And I have friends that have representation and, and they work more than I do, but they also don't have a day job. So I'm eyeballing you know, retirement of my, my day job that I've been at for 25 years and, and will have a, a decent pension at the end of all that. And so when I can actually retire and do this full time, then, you know, then that's when, okay, we'll look into the SAG card and the representation and, you know, whatever it is. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it can be very helpful. I just haven't needed it yet. Not quite. And the dream of being our generation's Ned Beatty can finally come true. <laughs> sure. Deliverance notwithstanding. I'm, I'm not a method actor. <laughs> Those that know, know. <clears throat> Hence the uncomfortable chuckles from me and Mr. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to go a little bit more inside baseball here. I know that a, your your dad was a singer performer, yep. and then then he passes that to you. You you take that and you, you add the acting muscle to it. And and you mentioned uh, your uh, Bailey, your son, is, has mm-hmm. been able to get some credits on things. Yep. And Danny, your stepson, is, is stepping into his own as a composer and everything. So what, what's it like for you to be passing that down to your sons and, and stepson? It's, it's amazing to see, cause you think generationally, like I, I think of things, how do I word this? I view time in my life through my dad's eyes because we had kids at the same time. So we were both 29 when we had kids. So like, I can remember we were at state and dad would come up and we'd go downtown and have fun and be like, oh, it's fun, old dad, you know, whatever. But it's like, it's old dad. Well, now my kid's in college and I'll go up and see him. And it's just like, oh, there's fun, old dad. I'm like, old dad, my ass. It's like, what are you talking about, old dad? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the dad now. That's my turn. And then, yeah, I guess in his eyes, yeah, I am old dad. But old dad's getting his butt work. So, you know, cause he, mm-hmm. he got the bug early and I, he used to go, you know, tour around with me with the band and he's gone with me to film shoots and he's worked backstage at the theater. And so he's been around it a lot. So he's actually uh, in college right now. He's going to graduate in a, uh, in a couple months and he's whoa, in a very whoa, whoa. good. Yeah, oh yeah. Billy's graduating already. Yeah. June. Yep. Well, liver spots wasting exactly. on my hands now. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> So, yeah, he's going to graduate from a really fine film program. Um, he and his, his buddy are kind of starting this little production company. They did a uh, uh, an independent project this past year that I was happy to go help with. Uh, and they won state competition for best show um, for this series that they did, this little four episode web series. Uh, not a web series. It was on their their TV station, but it was a it was a. Uh, a narrative story so it was it was four episodes and i got to help with that and i've helped his friends with some of their their films that they needed actors for and just I, i'm sort of in that mentory you know part of my life so and i do a lot of student projects just to be able to help uh, and be there as someone that has experience and can help with things and and so you have just a little bit of that experience in in your in your background there for your project um because oh my gosh I, i've had one coming up and Northwestern <laughs> that I booked yesterday. And I said, Hey, as long as you guys don't care that I'm a state grad, they're like, no, if it was Loyola, no, you'd be out. But no, state, you're fine. <laughs> I said, Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of student work. Um, like I said, just to help out. And so it's so funny that, you know, uh, with my background with music and, 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 and theater and film and everything. And now Bailey's getting into all that. Um, my wife was a violin player in an orchestra. So she's all about music and then her son, my stepson, Danny, is having some unbelievable success. He's going to graduate from high school in, in two months, and he is uh, a composer. He's going to school for composing. He has a scholarship to go to a very fine conservatory school, um, and he's like one of their top picks for this year. And and he he writes these symphonies for the, the band and the orchestra at his school that they perform. And it's it's crazy. He just had this big, giant two page, like full page article in the paper yesterday with all these pictures and stuff. And uh, it just talking about all the things that he's been doing and he's been up to. And 
we, we couldn't be prouder of both the boys because they just kind of took took their dreams and they're they're running with them. And we're just so happy that we can sit there and, and support them. So now we laugh. It's like, OK, so Bailey's going to write and direct a film that I'm going to be in and Danny's going to score. So we're good. We're going to have our own little home team. What's that leave Sally with? Get guest well, violin? Possibly. There yep. we go. Did she could. Say- she could. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I'm sorry, Jen. I was thinking she could, yeah, she could do the music for it, maybe. Yeah, she could, she could help Danny with the music for it. So yeah, it's, it's the, everyone in the family is involved in something creative and they're, we're all kind of going our, our paths. And it's just, it's really, it's really weird to see because a lot of times with families, you don't see, I mean, you, you love each other and you're supportive and you, you know, you want them to do well, but you don't necessarily all do things that, that kind of coexist. And in our house, it's, that's exactly what happened. So it's it's really unique. And, and a duet between you you and your dad, the sugar bear himself. He he was always welcome to come. <laughs> AJ's dad is is just as awesome as as his son. So it's uh, those days at Penn State when when Suge bear would come, and, and it was always a good time. Oh man, Suge's in town. You know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> I'm so jealous of all, all the, uh, the the summer fest you guys get to do because he's always just so proud, bopping around everything. It's just. It's fun to watch. Yeah, he's he's a hoot. <laughs> he is and, a hoot. And I also want to remind people that uh, uh, AJ was a, I remember this, you were a guest uh, columnist at uh, Threedonia as well when I we did uh, the Weird Al Yankovic in the Hall of Fame. And yes. now you are two degrees, or a movie that's coming out, well, I, I, Through Eyes of Grace. Is that gonna, do we have a release for that this year, maybe next year? It'll be this year. It, it yep. also depends. And well, you are now uh, two degrees away from Weird Al Yankovic, thanks to yep. Victoria Jackson. Absolutely. That movie. So, were you able to talk with her at all about uh, UHF or just things in general? With uh, I, what, 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 I mean, what's it like <laughs> for you just getting and picking the brains of, of fellow actors on sets? It's it's a blast because most people are are just down to earth and they know, hey, we're all here to do the same thing. And whether you're background or whether you're someone that has lines or, you know, we're all there for the same purpose or, you know, whether you're someone hooking up the lights or whatever it is, you know, if you're on a film set, it's one team, you know, so it, it, as long as as you understand that and then you're open with everybody, then everyone has a good time you know? and, and just to be able to uh to hang out and to, like I say, talk to someone like that, that you've watched for years and you go, oh my gosh, now this same woman's asking me where the can opener is in the kitchen for so we can open up something for lunch. And I'm going, (laughs) okay, she just asked me that. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm I'm in the film with you. I don't know. I don't work here. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm an actor just like you. Um, So that started a fun conversation because she thought I worked at this church that, that we were in, we were shooting, it's, it's a, it's a faith-based film. And so we're, we're having lunch and she was shooting some scenes and my stuff hadn't started yet, but I'm in my suit. Cause I'm one of the pastors of, of the, of the church in the film. So we're in the little, you know, communal room and there's a little kitchenette in there and we're getting ready for lunch. And she's looking for a can opener or a, a, a scoop spoon or something for whatever. And she, she literally thought I worked there and I thought, well, that's a nice little compliment to your uh, acting abilities. If, if you, I really, if I really look like I worked at the church, you, you have inhabited the, the role to perfection. Yes. So she, she was a lot of fun. Um, it, you talk about a challenge though. So in a situation like this, you talk about independent film, this, this was fascinating. So we had her for like three, four days and we shot all of her stuff. Um, fall of 21 and then we kind of had to raise some more money and you know we just we knew we had enough to get her there and get all her stuff done because she was the name she was how we could get some funding to get the whole thing done because we had a named person awesome she couldn't have been nicer she was really sweet to work with and uh, we got all her stuff done in like like i said about three four days now june of 22 we go back to the same locations and we have to shoot the opposite footage the opposite coverage so we shot everything like all the church scenes that she's in we did that with the little party that we have we shot all that stuff so we had to go back in june and reshoot all that stuff but now going looking the other way because we didn't have time to do both coverages when she was there we just had to get her stuff done so then the continuity people are sitting there with all these pictures and all this stuff going like okay you were wearing this 
and wait, oh no, wait, that, that cookie tray looked different over here for the party. And we had to, and it just, it took forever, you know, but you want to get it right. You know, usually you don't have to worry about that, but here it's like eight months later, we're, <laughs> we're back at the same place shooting the same scenes, <clears throat> but just with the opposite focus. So that was a really interesting thing that, uh, that I, I hadn't had to do yet. <laughs> it's just to redo stuff um, and try to make sure it was right. You know, am I wearing the right tie? Was my tie clip in the right place? Did I, you know, do I have the right shoes? We had to jot everything down and take pictures of everything when she was there. So when we came back, we had it right. So that should be released sometime this year. And I'd be anxious to see how it all turned out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that when I've got the book and I'm, I'm, you know, hopefully I'll be able to make the premiere on that one, wherever it may be. Los Angeles, Chicago. There was, there was actually a sequel written to the book. Um, that I found out about uh, after the fact. So the guy that, that wrote the book and and wrote the screenplay to the film and is playing the lead, uh, my friend uh, Dave Payton, uh, he kind of handed it off now to his his buddy who took it upon himself to write a sequel to the book and the movie hasn't even been out yet. And they come up to me and they said, well, hey, you know, if this is successful, the next book really revolves around your guy. And I went, oh, <laughs> So he he sent me the book and I started reading and I'm going, yeah, okay. The further adventures of pastor Bob Zimmerman. So this is, that's not the title, but, uh, but yeah, it, was Why really, not? It, it should be, it could be a superhero thing. Oh, real, real quick. So I got to tell you this, this just happened too. You talk about saying like compliments to your performance. So I I'm shooting this little independent thing in the middle of Indiana, like two, three weeks ago. And I'm playing this guy. I only have like a, a quick little in and out scene. Um, it, it's 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 a good good story. I'm anxious to see this come out too. Uh, working title on this one was called Comfort Zone. Should be out this year sometime. But I'm playing this guy who's got bone cancer. They have me all uh, done up to look all gaunt and and sickly. And I'm walking around this parking lot of of this uh, apartment complex looking for my daughter who's supposed to be taking care of me. And, and then the lead guy was kind of messing with her. And then this other scene we had, I, I, in my, in my weakened state, I confront this guy in the parking lot and I pick a fight with him and he ends up decking me and then runs away. You know, nice guy punching the old man with bone cancer, but you know, whatever. So we, we do this scene and we're, and we have no lights. We're doing all natural light and the sun's starting to go down and we're like, we got to get this, guys. We got to get it because I, you know, I didn't want to drive six hours back to do this thirty-second scene. So I'm like, guys, we we gotta we gotta come back. We gotta get this done. And and we told the people around there like what was going on. So it's like you know we won't be bothering anyone. So we're we're we have from this angle and from that angle, and he just hit me and hit me and hit me, and I'm falling to the ground, and my arms are all scraped up. And but it's just like, okay, let's just get the shot. And we kept doing it and doing it. And all of a sudden I turn around and I look, there's three cop cars. Lights are going and we're going, uh oh, wait oh, a minute. So then they come out and they're just like, what's going on? And we're just like, no, no, no. So Because, you know, the camera and the guy with the boom mic and the whole crew and everything wouldn't have set someone off to be like, oh, this is pretend they're shooting a film. So someone called the cops and in this little town on a Sunday night at dusk, they were ready to call. And then the, the one guy was just, he gets on the radio, just like, yeah, slow your roll. It's all good. They thought a riot was going on. They were going to bring like five, six cop cards. Like the whole force was going to come out because on a Sunday night in this little town, what the hell else is going on? But someone called me like, they're, they're beating up this old man. And, and they came out to see what the hell was happening. And I'm standing there going like, I'm fine. It's makeup. Look, see, I'm not sick. It's all good. He, pretty, he just pretended to hit me. We're shooting a movie. And I thought, you know what? That's probably the best compliment to my work I've ever had that someone actually thought that I was in trouble and I was getting beat up and I fell just just right over and over again. I'm like, you heard the same Bob, argument we're 10 times. We're losing daylight. We are yes, losing daylight. That was it. It was like, guys, go because we, we gotta get this shot. Yeah, it was it was really funny. Some bystanders <laughs> like, wait, wait, he keep punching him, and he gets up again. He punches him again. Like, yeah, wait, like, what is he it was like okay, over you, and over again. You called, and we and we had the same lines. It was like it was the same argument. It's like how many times are we going to repeat ourselves, <laughs> morons? But so, so, all right. so, so when are you going to write a book about all these experiences? Oh, it, it's all up here, and you know, one one of these days, it's just yeah. It, it, there's something funny that happens, and and everything you do. So it's just it's just putting it all all down one of these days, I guess. 
And before I forget about it, you know, uh, Marty, uh, our co-host, uh, was un unable to join us today, but I, I'd like you to talk about uh, a movie you've got coming up because Marty is such a Bigfoot enthusiast. What, what can you tell us about Bigfoot Kills, a true crime documentary? So no, no offense. How did you get involved with that? Where was it okay. filmed? Film in Wisconsin? Was, so uh, yes. So here, here's the deal with that. And and no offense to to any other project that I that I've been working on, or anything else that that I've done the last couple of years. I've been waiting for this one to be done and come out more than anything else. <laughs> it has been an experience that it's it's really. I could be here for an hour just talking about this one this one movie and. Uh, how, how do I say this? It this all started again. This was like a during COVID kind of thing, and it. So this guy named Bob Pierce, he and his buddies, they put together this idea. They were going to do a found footage, kind of Blair Witchy kind of thing, mixed in with like a, a, a 2020 or a Dateline kind of crime show like a documentary kind of thing. And they were geniuses because they're like, we want to get this done, but we want to do it during COVID. So how are we going to do this? So that's when they shifted into the, hey, we're all going to do this like a documentary and everyone's going to get interviewed, but everyone's interviewed individually. And then they combine it with all the found footage stuff. But these guys were the most creative. It, it was amazing. They sent you... I do a lot of improv. I'm in improv groups here too, him too, and I and I love doing improv. This script was amazing. They gave you, I got a whole color portfolio about the history of this town that they made up called Soggy Creek, Wisconsin. And it's loosely based on if, if you've ever been to Wisconsin, you know there's a there's a big touristy area called the Wisconsin Dells. And it's like the largest uh water park, you know population of, of of the world i guess there's more water parks and and water things in this little this little town in wisconsin and so they kind of base this loosely on that except that instead of it being all about water parks the big draw in soggy creek is bigfoot so like there's you know but bigfoot's your buddy and there's stuffed bigfoots and bigfoot hey and the mini golf course here's bigfoot and there's a bigfoot parade every year and everything is, is is centered around bigfoot and bigfoot sightings and that's what the whole town is is based on and all the income of the town is based on so they give us this big giant full color portfolio of like here's the history of the town and here's all the residents of the town and here's your character your character is this and here's your relationship with all these other people and when we interview you, here are the questions we're going to ask you and go. And I went, oh, <laughs> let me add it. So, so the, the, the story is, is this. So there's a, there's a found footage murder, like a Blair Witchy kind of thing where these, these guys go out there, they're video bloggers and they're out, you know, hunting Bigfoot and, and they get massacred. Now, you don't see what did it or who did it or whatever, but all of a sudden you just like, oh, no, and then, you know, goes to static. We have the, you know, the cameras around. What's that? What's that? And I hear this noise and then just static. Then you come to find out that these three guys get just just slaughtered. So now we have to figure out what happened. So you have the police chief. You have the coroner. You have a reporter. You have the mayor. You have, you know, the cops. And you have uh, other people. You have the town historian. You have all these characters that are in the town and they went and interviewed each of these people, but they only really told you what you needed to know about each other. And then you would kind of put together your story of, well, here's my relationship with this. And then you just, you run with whatever the questions are. So my guy's name is uh, Chuck, Chuck Chavisavage, spelled just like it sounds. And <laughs> Well, you know, he, I know how to pronounce it. I know you would. <laughs> so Chuck gets arrested for this murder. And they interview me and I'm in prison. I got the orange jumpsuit and the and the cuffs and the whole thing. And they have it be, you know, and, and we actually shot it in a, in a car garage, but it looks like a day room in a prison because it's all cinder block and glass walls <laughs> and stuff with the bars on it. It was perfect. And and they they really liked they really liked the character. It was only supposed to be a day. And I ended up going like three, four times. Because they kept coming up with other stuff. It's like, hey, let's have Chuck do this and like old B-roll footage. Let's have Chuck do this in another interview. And let's have Chuck do this. Because 
Chuck now is arrested for this crime, but his defense is Bigfoot did it. <laughs> because he and Bigfoot have been foes for years because Bigfoot has been just messing with him because I'm hunting on his land, even though my family owns it and has for generations. So we have this thing and you can't tell me that the Squatchy doesn't exist because we've been having a beef forever. So I'm sitting in prison for something that apparently I may or may not have done. And the defense is that Bigfoot did it. But now they, you know, the town has to push that under the rug because, well, we can't kill our cash cow here because everyone's coming up because Bigfoot's all cuddly and family friendly. So it's just it's such a commentary on on society and just the way they put it together was so genius. And I thought we had such fun doing it. I just I cannot wait to see how that all goes together. It, it's going to be amazing. So that should be this summer. I'm hoping if they finally get it all edited and whatever, it'll be out this year sometime. I'm hoping summer. Okay, that is the one that I will be at the premiere. Marty will be at the Marty is such a Bigfoot enthusiast. It's, it's going to be great. So. It's going to be great. Jim, you're you're in the Northwest Woods. You've got to be. I'm, I'm getting some Bigfoots on your radar at some point, too. We got I would to, think. Oh, yeah. We, we, it's huge business up here. Sure. We have it's all, huge. And all over the, we can do it all over the place from the red carpet, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Well, hey, once I know where it's going to be, I will I will let you know. Road trip. <laughs> Or, or hey, you know what? If it if it travels out, then we'll have to have something out your way, and then then I can come and be warm. Flagstaff, it's perfect. There's a lot of woods up there. It's like it's like Pennsylvania in the desert. Well, nice. most of the desert, but uh, yeah. So, and, and as we're wrapping up, I, I, AJ, I want to thank you one one more time. I mean, you you are an incredibly busy guy right now, and I'm so so beyond happy. For My you. pleasure. You're, you're having so much fun doing what I know you love, and uh, you know, one of the things we ask our, our uh, musical guests, the, the guys from bands, is you know like. What uh, song of theirs would you like? Three songs would you want to people people who don't know your work to see or to listen to? And for you, what what are the what are a few of the roles, like two or three roles that you would mm -hmm. want people to know to get you as as an actor? Well, besides this Chuck character, sounds like one <laughs> like should be Chuck, on the list. Chuck's the man. Chuck would be on the film wise. That would definitely be my my top guy and and the one you had mentioned before about through eyes of grace uh, you know pastor bob zimmerman was a really great role um stage it's kind of hard because it's 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 gone and you don't get it back um but one of the one of the best things i think i, I was ever able to do was was the show that brought me back into the theater and that was uh uh carmichael in uh be handing in spokane a martin mcdonough play that i loved and that's what drew me back into to live performing was i got a chance to do that role and it was it was insane it was a great great play uh and the one we're doing right now uh, i get to play the father of the of the kid in a curious incident and uh you know it's a tough role because it's you know when you're the parent of an autistic kid and you can't reach them and you're trying to help them and and it, it's it's a really emotional. I mean, I you, you talk about every part of the emotional roller coaster I, I have in this show. It's it's really been a experience. I mean, from from you know laughing and and having a, a joyous time with the boy to completely breaking down into tears and and having to sob uncontrollably every night. And it's you know it's 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 a, a lot, <laughs> but it's been a really good exercise for me. And a, and a great experience. And I'm glad that uh, that the cast we have has been real supportive and everyone's really bringing their A game for, for this one. So it's it's really hard because, like I said, there, there's stuff in the in the film world that I'm really proud of and there's stuff on stage I'm really proud of. But at least the stuff on film is still out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see it like there, there's a there's a guy um, named Swift Sloan that I've worked. I've done three movies with now. He's a, he he's, has a swift motion pictures that is based out of Milwaukee. And he has a, uh, a, a streaming deal with, with Tubi, with that streaming app Tubi. Um, so I've done three films with him. One is already on there. Um, and it's called a good day for everybody. I was, a, a, I'm always a cop or the FBI guy in his movies. Um, so a good day for everyone is on Tubi right now. So I'm the, I'm the police captain there. Uh, one is going to come out in early April called Circumstances 4. It's the fourth chapter of, of that series, and I'm the new FBI chief in that. And there's one that we just shot that will be out probably this summer or this fall called All About a Check. But all all his stuff, you talk about commitment. These guys, their whole production company, they write a script. They cast it. They come to Milwaukee because some of the guys, some of the crew comes in from Detroit. They have a 10-day window. They shoot the entire thing in 10 days, and in a couple months, it's online on Tubi. 
So it's, it's insane. And I got to do this three times with them and they're looking for more and they're a great bunch of people to work with. Um, so if you're out there on Tubi and you want to find some good stuff, that's, that's, you know, at least stuff is out there to be seen. Guerrilla filmmaking. I love it. It is. It's in and out. And you're real quick. You'll be like, Oh gee, I kind of messed that up. Can I have another take? Nope. Moving on. Like, Oh, okay. Well, it'll be what it is. But when you got 10 days, it's going to be good enough. Uh, and, and they're fun. They're really great people to work with, but that, that kind of stuff happens where it's just like, you're, you're in and you're out and, and you, you hope for the best, but unfortunately knock wood, I've been in, involved in some, some really good stuff lately. So it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. I kind of figured I told after that corpse role on Chicago PD or the Chicago. Yep. Corpse, and then, then you're going to be the cop next. Then you're going to be the police chief. And you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's inevitable. And it's, now I'm fighting Bigfoot and I'm in prison. <laughs> no figures. And Jim, it's all full circle. <laughs> anything else that you've got for our, our, our guest? Um, you. I just want to go back for a second. You mentioned uh, the uh, what was it? Uh, the the musical puppet show. The the, yes. the comedy musical puppet show. You guys did. I was yes. just wondering because that that reminded me a little bit of Avenue Q. I was wondering if there was there was some influence there. Oh, absolutely. The the whole thing with that started as a as a uh, an accident. So we did, it's kind of a long story and I will make this very short, I promise. Um, so the, the theater I work at is, is, uh, it's the sixth street theater inner scene, but the company is called the over our head players. And they were initially based in comedy. A lot of comedies, a lot of improv, they would write a lot of stuff of their own. And then they started doing more scripted things and a, you know, combination of the, you know, 30 something years later, now they're really established. Um, but the couple years ago we, we did, um, we did a show called Kringle the Musical. And Kringle, for those of you that don't know, is a Danish pastry that is is very popular in Racine, Wisconsin, where our theater is. I never heard of it before. I never I, I've gone all over the United States. I've never seen anything like it. It's it's just it's very unique to that area. And so much so that everyone that, that comes knows to go to Racine to get a Kringle. My dad comes out. I'm not allowed to go back home unless I bring him a Kringle. They're, they're like a, it's like a flat round pastry and it'll have uh, sometimes icing on top. Um, it looks like a big donut, like a big oval with a hole in the middle of it. And, and inside is either going to be, you know, it be like almond paste or fruit or, you know, whatever it is. And it says like a glaze on top. It's really, really good. It's horrible for you, but it's delicious. And, so uh, it's AJ, so, just, yes. May I just interject here quickly Please. As, I, as I go for a, a plug here. O and H Bakery. Yes, they were our sponsors. Wisconsin is the shit it is they were, they if you're gonna order they send it from all over the country they would they, <laughs> they do oh wait oh you take it now now we're, yes. we're working on a plug here take it away my friend fantastic no they, they were certainly our, our big sponsor for our for our kringle shows so what we did was we thought okay well this this would be really funny to do the history of kringle but do it as a sketch comedy musical and we would take you know popular songs and just kind of rework the lyrics to go along with with the storyline and it was just ridiculous it was just silly fun it was like the biggest thing that we had done in years and years. So then we did a second one and then we did a third one. So by the time we did the third one uh, last year, or the year before we did it as a Christmas Carol, but we did it with our Kringle characters instead of the traditional Dickens characters. So I was, I was, uh, th this all takes place with the Yopanson family in Wisconsin. So there was, you know, keep your pants in and leave your pants in and, you know, it's all, you know, your pants on jokes for miles and miles. So I was Ebenezer screw your pants in. Uh, and, and so we, we, we did a Christmas Carol, but it was with the, the Kringle characters. And again, it was the silly songs and all that. Well, we had to try to figure out what we were going to do with, with Jacob Marley. Cause it's like, gee, do we want to do like a, like a projector thing? Do we want to have just like a, a puppet? Do we want to have, you know, what do we want to do? Or just like a guy with his face, you know, done up in the door. Well, one of the guys that did the last couple Kringle shows, uh, a very good friend of mine named Scott Lima, unbelievably talented man, uh, said, hey, I got a thought. I make puppets. We went, oh, okay. So he made a Jacob Marley puppet. And when it came time for me to go home, you know, as, as, as Scrooge, and I have to, you know, look at the door, and then all of a sudden, here's Marley. Then he comes out with this puppet. He's all in black, like a giant black leotard thing and a cloak and all that. And he's, you know, he's coming out with, with the Marley puppet. And it was a huge success. And we thought, oh, man, 
we we should do a whole show of puppets one day. Wouldn't that be funny? Well, that started the germ of an idea between Scott and then our artistic director, uh, Rich Smith, who, who runs the place. And they said, yeah, we should do like a whole puppet show. What could we do? And they wrote Moby Dick. But we but Scott wrote he made all the puppets and he wrote all the songs. It's all original songs. So no parodies this time. So, you know, you don't have to worry about rights or anything. It's just like it's all our own stuff. And so they wrote the script, he wrote the songs, he made the puppets, and we had a, a big cast of people. And it was, but it was very Avenue Q esque because it was like everyone's walking around in all black, you know, just our faces showing, and we have our puppets. And and it was a challenge because I, you know, I hadn't had a lot of experience with it. I had a little bit, but not a lot. And so it was it was a blast. I got to be like three or four different characters and different puppets coming on and off. And and you really have to to watch what you're doing. I mean, for those of you not watching, hey, radio, my hands are moving. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you really have to watch what what your character is doing. You're you're performing, but they're watching the character. So it's it's another challenge of, of acting is saying, OK, you have to to be able to bring this out of this piece of, of foam, you know, even though you're talking, but the puppet has to do the performance. So it, it was, it was really cool, but yeah, it's very Avenue Q uh, inspired for sure. Great show. It was a lot of fun. I, I hope that, that he, you know, is able to do that elsewhere and sell it um, to other places and, and do, because it was, it was really an extraordinary piece of work. That sounds like a blast to watch. It was, it was so much fun. And I, and I, I hope they taped it. I really hope that they got to tape most of the stuff we don't, because that's, that's part of the thing. If it's, if it's someone else's show, if it's a scripted thing that you're just renting, that's part of the deal. You can't film it. You can't put it out there, but something that we wrote, it's like, well, all right, you know, we, we could do that. So I, I think they did. I think I, I'm hoping they did. I hope I can get a copy of that one day, but it was, it was just a, a fabulous time. We had a really good, good experience with that. And uh, that uh, over our head players, the the Sixth Sixth Street Theater, mm -hmm. and so uh, and just one, one more time, let's remind our listeners uh, what's coming up for uh, it's Autism Awareness Month next month, and uh, just how can people get tickets for if you're in southeastern Wisconsin, and uh, just uh, absolutely. So we yeah, I, I appreciate it. we have two more weekends of the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, uh, Thursday through Sundays, uh, two on Saturday. And uh, we we will close on the on the last Saturday because the, the next day is Easter Sunday. So we're not going to have shows on Easter Sunday. But so the day before Easter will be when we close. Um, but if you're interested, tickets are going and you go to uh, overourheadplayers.org and tickets are available online there. And what's coming up after this one? heading into the fall well heading into the fall anything on the road heading into the fall well there, there's another thing that we I, I won't be a part of that because i think four in a row is 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 quite enough uh for me for right now but we we do a show called theater schmeter it's a very snl kind of show it's it's live sketches and live music um it'll only run like two weekends unless it's really selling it, it's just more of an add-on to our season they do it every couple years just for for something fun to do so that'll be in june uh, and then we'll have the summer off and then, you know, we're working on stuff for next season. Uh, there's going to be uh, a new Kringle musical in October. So that'll be uh, Kringle the Musical Part 4. The working title is uh, Seven Mile Fair Lady. Those of you that live in southeastern Wisconsin will understand what Seven Mile Fair is. It's, it's a giant flea market. Um, so the, the other one we had was another takeoff. It was a West of the Eye side story. Uh, so I is the interstate. So we had people west of the interstate. It's a whole other rural world over there. So every every time we do a show, it's a takeoff of of something. So this will be uh, Seven Mile Fair Lady. And then at Christmas time, we got the rights to this unbelievably funny show. It's called Who's Holiday. It's it's going to be a one woman show uh, about Cindy Lou Who. Uh, it is not for kids. So if anyone's listening, this is a hard R. Do not bring the kids. <laughs> So Cindy Lou Who is all grown up and she lives in a trailer outside of Whoville. She just got out of prison. Uh, and she has lots of problems and it's just her talking about the holidays and the Grinch and everything else. And that's going to be our Christmas show this year. Um, and then we do a thing that's, that's really unique to us. It'll be, uh, oh my gosh, the 20th year next year. Um, we do a thing called the snow dance 10 minute comedy festival. Uh, this year was the 19th year we've done it. It is a very well-known thing. So we always say, well, Utah has Sundance, uh, Racine has Snowdance. So we do this every February 
and we get submissions of 10 minute comedies from from playwrights and authors all over the world this year we had over 700 that we read all of them and pick uh the final 10 that we liked and we have our usual zany cast of 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 weirdos that come out and, and do this stuff and it is the biggest thing that we do all year. So it sells out immediately. We run for five weeks. It's the longest run that we have because this one show pays for everything else that we do all year. And it, it's it's a marathon and it's a beast, but it's so much fun to do. So we, we do the 10 plays and everyone gets to vote at the end of the night. And then the top three vote getters uh, get a cash prize and a lot of publicity and uh, I've done six of them now, and it's just it's it's a it's a ton of fun. So we'll have that for sure. Um, so the ones we know for sure for next season are going to be there's going to be one in August that we're not quite sure about yet. We have to get the rights to um, Pringle the Musical Part Four will be there. Then there's going to be a really great thing we're doing with the the Racine veterans. Uh, it's going to be a, a show about veterans, um, like letters home from soldiers of different wars um, that are going to be like monologues with uh, with live music and stuff it's going to be a really good piece that we're doing with uh with a, a veterans organization in town uh then snow dance and then another show that we're uh, oh i'm sorry then who's holiday i can't wait to see that and then uh <laughs> snow dance again and then um whatever show we're going to close the season with next year which again we have a couple that are in the hopper we just got to get the rights for um but once we can announce the season then our season subscribers will get the uh the early bird flyers to uh to get their season tickets and We'll have a little bit of time off in the summer and then we're going to gear it up and start for, you know, year 32 with the uh, organization. So it'll be good. Well, I keep telling myself, I'm going to write you a 10 minute musical that you can do either a one man or bring somebody in for, do Oh wait, I'll write for you and Suge. There you go. <laughs> there <we> go. <laughs> you would love it. And I will come back for that. And yes. uh, so absolutely. Well, AJ Laird, I, again, uh, one, one of my oldest friends, I'm so happy for, for all the stuff you've got going on, man. And thank you for taking the time to, visit us here and all over the place oh and, thank you uh, for having me and i, I and love that, that you guys are able to do what you do and, and enjoy it so much and 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 I, I like listening and and uh so keep up the good work with what you're doing as well yeah thank you for that and also marty we're gonna get we're gonna get you out there for bigfoot kills a true crime documentary i can't wait to see chuck <laughs> u.s chuck and i also have a big announcement uh we are, are now are the official website or no the official podcast of the media pub live website so i want to thank our, our former Yes, on that one, Brad, uh, you know, uh, Brad Weissman, and uh, we were excited about that. And uh, yeah, just things keep getting better and better. And AJ, thanks for joining us here on All Over the Place. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right. And Jim, my friend, as always, thanks for being here with me, stopping by, having fun. And folks, thanks for listening to All Over the Place, Exercises in E Pluribus Unum. That was AJ Laird. Be sure to check uh, his company out at our, over ourheadplayers.org and get out there and see those plays. Talk to you later, folks, here on All Over the Place.